p.m., increasing clouds with a high near 52. For Tuesday night, a chance of rain, cloudy then gradually becoming partly cloudy with a low around 38. Wednesday, sunny with a high near 69. Wednesday night, mostly clear with a low around 45. Thursday, mostly sunny with a high near 70. From the Mater Weather Center, this is Chris Mindell. The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. So what are they going to call that play with seconds to go in regulation on Saturday night in the historical lore of University of Virginia basketball? You're going to call it the tap back? You're going to call it the uh, the, the the Louisville miracle? I, I'm not sure how it's going to go down in lore, but it's one of the craziest endings to a regulation that we've ever seen in the NCAA tournament, and it somehow saved Virginia, gave them a second chance in overtime, and what do you know? For the first time since the days of Kenton, Edlin, and Olden Polonies, you have to go back to 1984. And, and the crazy thing about 1984, for those of you who aren't old enough to remember going back those days, and I am happy to say that I am, uh, Virginia, 1984 was the year that they were supposed to collapse and come back to Earth. And you're thinking, well, why is that, Rob? The answer is very simple. Ralph Sampson just graduated. He had finished his four years at the University of Virginia. His presence elevated that program to national status. They made the Final Four with him as a sophomore in 1981. They were stunned his junior year in the Sweet 16 by UAB, and then it was kind of put all the eggs in one basket for his senior year in 1983, and that ended up being the Cinderella season of one North Carolina State, who in the ACC championship that year not only had to win against Virginia in the championship to win the ACC title. Had they lost that game, the Wolfpack wouldn't even been in the NCAA tournament. Back then, there were only 52 teams in the tourney, and they had 10 losses coming into the ACC tournament. No team in 1983 gets in the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid with 10 losses. It just doesn't happen. We're in a totally different era now where you see teams with 13, 14 losses get at-large bids. That wasn't the case nearly a generation ago. So then Virginia ends up having to play NC State again in the West Regional Final of all places, and they lose again to North Carolina State in an incredibly frustrating ending to the career of Ralph Sampson. And UVA fans are thinking, when are we ever going to get back and have a chance? Well, the answer was the next year with Olden Polonese uh, at the helm in the middle, replacing Sampson. They were a seven seed in the same region as then number one, North Carolina, with a junior by the name of Michael Jordan. And they were supposed to sweep into the championship. 84, Michael Jordan was a lot like what Zion Williamson was here in 2019 with Duke. All the rage and all the talk. The only difference, Jordan was a junior that year. And Zion, of course, a freshman, a one and done for Duke here 35 years later but Indiana upset North Carolina in the Sweet 16 
And then Virginia beat Indiana to go to the Final Four, where they eventually lost to Houston. Now, in their two previous Final Four appearances in 81 and 84, uh, UVA did lose at the semifinals. They lost to North Carolina back in 1981, who lost to Indiana in the championship. Now, here's a piece of trivia you may not know. Virginia actually won the last third-place game ever played in the NCAA tournament, which was March 30th, 1981. They beat LSU by four points to finish in third place. The NCAA got rid of the third-place game beginning in 1982. So their third Final Four, thanks to the miracle at the end of regulation to force overtime, what a performance by Carson Edwards of Purdue. Goes down, got to go down as one of the all-time great game performances by any individual in the NCAA tournament. And he set the record for most three-pointers in an NCAA tournament, only playing four games. The previous record holder did it in six. Think about that. Four games, 28 three-pointers, and he was hitting them from Curry range. I suspect he'll be he'll be collecting an NBA paycheck here in the next several months. So congratulations to UVA. I know very few, if anybody, got their final four right. UVA, Texas Tech. Uh, Michigan State knocking off Duke and eliminating uh, them late yesterday. And Auburn coming out of nowhere to eliminate both the one-seed North Carolina and the two-seed Kentucky. So they could go to their first Final Four. Texas Tech, it's their first Final Four. UVA, it's their third. The only team really with significant Final Four experience heading to Minneapolis, the Spartans of Michigan State. But congratulations to UVA on a historical accomplishment. I know we don't normally talk a whole lot about sports on the regional national level here on In the Red Zone, but with a UVA team making the Final Four for the first time in 35 years, it was certainly uh, worth mentioning. And for those of you long-suffering UVA fans, I think of Andrew Frieden over at NBC12, long-time UVA fan, uh, finally gets the opportunity to experience the Final Four. Congratulations to the Cavaliers. Let's bring it home and talk a little bit about Randolph-Macon as we start here on In the Red Zone live at Sports Page Grill. I don't know if I actually even set up things here tonight or not. Rob with them along with you. Live at Sports Page on this beautiful Monday, the first in the month of April. Huge doubleheader win Saturday over at Hugh Stevens Field at Estes Park for number nine Randolph Macon. They came into Saturday 7-1 and one in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. Here came the Hornets of Shenandoah, who are traditionally one of the toughest teams to beat in the ODAC. And not only do they beat them, by, they beat them by a combined 21-7. It was no contest. Easily the best performance by the Randolph-Macon Yellow Jacket baseball team so far this season. They take the opener 8-3, they cruise in the nightcap 13-4, and they set themselves apart a little bit now in the ODAC. They're 9-1. Uh, Roanoke, I think, has two losses. Ferrum has three. So they've got a half a game lead over Roanoke. They've got a game, game and a half lead over Farum, two in the loss column. The week ahead for Coach Hedrick and the Yellow Jackets, they go to Lynchburg for what could be a tricky midweek conference affair. That's a 3 o'clock first pitch Wednesday afternoon. Weather will be done. We'll be back to sunny skies Wednesday, and we should be fine with that. Also fine when they come back to Ashland to take on North Carolina Wesleyan, looking for revenge as they lost to NCW earlier this year down in Rocky Mount. That's a 3.30 first pitch on Thursday. And then this weekend, 
They head up to Harrisonburg for a doubleheader at noon Saturday against Eastern Mennonite before the big one. A week from tomorrow, Hamden-Sydney comes in for the second of their two-game usual conference regular season affair. Uh, Randolph-Macon won last week in Farmville back on Thursday. They'll have a chance to make it a sweep a week from tomorrow at 3.30, and then they following weekend, they got to go to Roanoke. And as things are playing out right now, it's possible that that doubleheader, April 13th, a week from Saturday at Roanoke, could be uh, for the lead in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. It was a very, very, very tough weekend for Randolph-Macon softball as they really needed to get two, three, even if they could, four wins on the road at Guilford and Ab Emory and Henry. But as you know, just simply geographically, that is an arduous field trip uh, for anybody. You leave, you go down, you play two in Greensboro Saturday. You finish up late Saturday afternoon, and then you got to be back on the field 1230 Sunday all the way out in southwest Virginia against Emory and Henry and they split at Guilford but they ran out of gas uh, down at Emory and Henry and the Wasps got the doubleheader sweep so the Yellow Jackets have some work to do now on the back half of the ODAC schedule but first they have to deal with the new number one team in the country that's Christopher Newport who also split a doubleheader with Virginia Wesleyan the Yellow Jackets did almost two weeks ago CNU did last week and the captains are the new number one team in America and they will come in for a doubleheader here in Ashland on Saturday quickly before our first break and we bring on our guest gotta give a shout out to men's lacrosse Fantastic win Saturday in the ODAC over Bridgewater. 12-5 to is the score. Coach J.B. Sheridan's team, who's got so many different freshmen who are making major contributions this year, all of a sudden 3-1 and one in the conference, 8-2 and two overall. But now the big test begins. They have to play on the road their next four games. One neutral site game tomorrow against Frostburg State. The game has been moved to Shenandoah University in Winchester. It was going to be in Warrington. It's now going to be in Winchester because of the weather so that they can play on a synthetic surface. That's a 1 o'clock start tomorrow. Then they go to Hamden-Sydney Saturday for that annual showdown. Then next Wednesday they go to Randolph and a week from Saturday at Shenandoah. They don't get to play at Dayfield again until Wednesday night the 17th at home against Lynchburg. So a huge, huge stretch here for men's lacrosse if they are looking now to take a major step forward in their hopes of grabbing an ODAC championship. We talk more about Randolph making coming up later on in the hour. Also later on in the hour, we'll give away more sporting equipment with On the Ball presented by Virginia Real Estate and Development. But up next, we got spring break going today. That means we have a lot of high school baseball to talk about, and that includes Lee Davis over at the Deep Run Spring Break Classic. Head coach Tyler Johnson is here after a successful first day of the Classic. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the play that everybody's talking about in the east half of Hanover County that happened in Rivalry Night Thursday night against Atley and about the season so far. That's coming up after our first time out live tonight at Sports Page Grill here in Ashland. We are live on 1029 The Mater, 102.9 FM, 1430 AM, listening live online at the link at HanoverCountySports.net and on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. Back in a moment, you are in the red zone. There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. 
We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Monday here in the center of the universe, live at Sports Page Grill in Ashland, 1029 The Mater. Rob Witham with you in the red zone, live local sports talk. And it being the first day of spring break, it means tons of high school baseball action going on this week. We've got Hanover down at the beach. They are playing right now the first of three games that they'll have this week. Two down there today, tomorrow, hopefully weather permitting. And then they have a home game late this week. Atley's got a few at home later in the week. Patrick Henry's hosting Louisa late this week. And Lee Davis is back at the Deep Run Spring Break Classic, which has become really one of the top, if not the best, spring break tournaments, not only in the RBA, but across the Commonwealth of Virginia here uh, in the last few years. So uh, kudos to head coach Josh Aldridge, to, to Michael Kidd, their director of student activities, for being willing to put on something like this. And talking with Coach Aldridge a few days ago, he was basically like, you know, this is a great opportunity for team building for our team without us having to, you know, worry about going here, there, everywhere, trying to find a place to go each season. It gives us a chance to host, gives us a chance to kind of get away and play without having to worry about, oh, got to get them home for homework, got to get them home for this and that. And head coach Tyler Johnson of Lee Davis sitting over here nodding his head going, I agree. I totally agree. They have been a part of that Deep Run Classic the last few years back in it now. And coach is kind enough to drop by after a big win earlier today. Hello, Coach Johnson. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you with us. 18-7 the final this morning. I bet it was a chilly morning for the starting pitchers. It was. It was a little chilly. <laughs> the sun was out. sun was shining. So, um started off a little rough for us, but we, we got it together. So 18 runs, obviously the bats got going, uh, and, 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 that, and that's a good thing. But, you know, baseball's so weird. There's some days, you know, you score 18, and then two days later you wish you had nine of them in your back pocket. You exactly. Know? Yeah, our offense came to, came to play today, and hopefully we didn't use all our, all our bullets in the first day <laughs> with two more games um, to play. But, um, yeah, our offense was, was great, and we did enough defensively to get the job done. So – Tell me about your thinking. Obviously, this tournament you have enjoyed and thought it was good for your team because here we are back again this season. What goes into the thought process of how do I take advantage of the opportunity of spring break? As most other spring sports, they're not playing soccer, lacrosse, softball, etc. So they have to deal with the coming back after a break. You guys keep on rolling. How do you determine what's the best opportunity for your team? Well, I think this tournament 
presents a lot of positives for us. One, it's close to home. Um, it's at the beginning of spring break. Um, it's three straight games against great competition. Um, and for our program, we don't really want to take a whole week off without playing games. You know, with baseball, you kind of need to stay consistent. You need to see that live pitching, especially in the middle of our season. So um, seeing three days of great competition um, at Deep Run, where they put on a great tournament, um, great facilities, um, it just makes sense for us. And we've been in it the last four years. Um, we've luckily enough, luckily won it one year. Yes, you did. Um, we've had great success, and I think that's something we'll continue to do in the future. I I remember that uh, championship very vividly just a few years ago, as a matter of fact. That's a lot of fun because it provides an atmosphere, too, to where if you're playing three games in three days and and you're you're blessed enough to get to that championship round, you have created basically a regional title situation, even a state title situation scenario for your team early in the season. So hopefully when that happens later on, it's nothing new to them. They're not sitting there with stars in their eyes going, oh, my, we've never had to do this before you can look at it and go been there done that yeah absolutely and playing in that championship game a few years ago and even some even some other games in the tournament it's been a playoff like atmosphere i mean it's there's such good competition everybody every team is from the local from a local um area so um there's good there's good fan bases on both sides um and there's great support, so it really sets up the atmosphere that we're going to see mid-May in a playoff situation, which we're trying to get our guys ready for. It, pre- precisely. And even though you have a strong regular season schedule between rivals in Region 5B and obviously your county brethren, I, uh, you've got plenty of tough games on that schedule. Again, though, this this tournament-type atmosphere is different even from uh, you can have a great atmosphere on a Friday night, but it's one game. And then you're off to the weekend, practice Monday, get ready for Tuesday, whatever the case may be. Exactly. And it gets our guys prepared, like you said, for um, hopefully the play, a playoff run in May. Um, it kind of helps our coaching staff, you know, deal with, help deal with our pitching, mm-hmm. you know, three games in a row with pitch counts on your pitchers. Um, really makes you go deep into your pitching rotation. So it really benefits both players and coaches and just getting our program ready for May. You, I'm sure, would agree with this. Talking with Hanover coach Tyler Kane the other night after they beat Patrick Henry for an article, which will be in the new uh, Mechanicsville Local and Ashland Hanover Local coming up on Wednesday, we talked about pitching. And and he said, you know, you get into spring break and you get to play a few games and you get to see how deep you are right now and how deep you have to be down the road um, to kind of plan and prepare for six, eight weeks ahead when hopefully you're still playing and having to make those decisions and push the right buttons. And I'm sure you're taking advantage of that opportunity now too. Exactly. Well, in our, when we won the tournament a couple of years ago, we only used four pitchers in three games. You know, that's the kind of, you know, we had those horses we could throw out there and they weren't, they competed, they pitched well. And then today we used four pitchers in one game. There you so, go. I mean, it's different teams um, throughout the years have gotten us prepared in different ways for the postseason this year we're going to have to rely a little deeper in our pitching staff and three games in a row you really get to see who will step up um who will throw strikes mainly um but it really these three games and spring break tournament at deep run really prepares us and our guys really love playing in it so coach you and i talked before the season of course this is your second appearance here on our program a five and one is that correct after yes, today okay so you're six games in uh got two here in the next two days kind of look back as to what you were looking at when you were still in tryouts and early in practice what have you learned about this team six games in what are you surprised about and what has happened that you fully expected well, we, we have leaders on the team, obviously, that we, we expected to step up. You know, we had a couple of seniors and a couple of juniors that have been in the program for three, even four years. Um, 
for Zach Glass, our catcher. So right. um, we have that leadership, and I expected them to step up and make plays, and they have. Um, we've had some younger guys on the mound step up, which I'm pleasantly surprised at. Um, we've had some freshmen and some sophomores step up, and even some juniors that hadn't seen any varsity time before have pitched really well for us. So that's that's been a, a surprise um, a positive surprise, obviously. Um, but the four, first four teams we played, we lost to last year, and we were 4-0 this year against them. So I've, I've told the guys we just got to keep building. Um, it's, we're off to a great start, but hopefully we're not done. You know, we want to keep building. You know, the only hiccup there was was really one inning. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, because we were over broadcasting the Lee Davis-Prince George state semifinal rematch in softball and heard the score come over 7 nothing after one. Ah! And, and sometimes in baseball, that, that happens. You have just an inning that they just they rough you up. And, and, I mean, that's your only loss of the season so far. And really that one inning made the difference. Otherwise, it could have been a much different affair. Yeah, exactly. And Prince George is a great team. Obviously, they're defending mm-hmm. state champs. That's right. And we kind of gave them. We had a few walks, um, made a few bad pitches, and they took advantage of it. That's going to happen. Um, yeah, they jumped out to that 7-0 lead. And against them, it's really tough to come back. Yeah. Um, but our guys weren't phased by it. We came back. Um, the next night or a couple nights and played a really good alley team and we're able to beat those guys, um, which I think we'll get to. But, you know, the Prince George game, it was kind of alerting an experience for a lot of our guys, um, especially our pitchers. But we've moved on. Um, and we're continuing to get better. Uh, you know, you're going to have a game like that. Uh, do it at the end of March. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'd rather see it in March than in May. You yeah. got that right. Exactly. Tyler Johnson, head baseball coach at Lee Davis High School, joining us here in the red zone. Let's break down quickly the deep run spring break tournament. You've got you guys. You, you beat Carolina today, 18-7. Uh, your next opponent, they went nine this afternoon. It was a marathon between St. Chris and Matoica, and the Saints come out on top 10-6. to six. So they may have gone a little deeper in their pitching than that maybe they wanted to here on day number one, and that's who you'll see tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. They're always a quality program, though. What do you think and what do you expect? Well, we expect a battle. Tony will have his guys ready um, watching the game. Really, they didn't use much pitching. You know, they, they just they ran one or two guys out there, and they kind of saved some pitching. Their guys battled. Um, offensively, they're very solid. I mean, they're scrappy. Um, put the ball in play will make you work on, on defense. Um, but we're expecting a battle. That's the team when we when we won the championship two years ago. We played them um, in the championship. Yep. Um, we were lucky enough to win it. Um, but we, we always know there's going to be a great test against those guys. So the way the, the, the brackets are right now, you've got St. Chris tomorrow afternoon. That's 4 o'clock first pitch, everybody, so long as we stay on schedule there uh, in day two. And then the second semifinal will be the winner of Monacan Benedictine and the winner of Deep Run Midlothian, which should be a phenomenal final first game here later tonight. And those games, I know uh, Monacan Benedictine probably got started a little over an hour late. Mm-hmm. Deep Run Midlow may go uh, after eight before they get to start too, depending upon how the the Benedictine game goes. But you know, you got you know you got St. Chris tomorrow. You could see Benedictine, who who has been number one in our poll so far all season. You could see Deep Run, the home team. You could see Midlothian, who's off to a very good start this year. Uh, iron sharpens iron. You're mm-hmm. going to see some very quality teams, and that's exactly what you want to see right now. Correct? Exactly. That's why we're in this tournament. I mean, there's eight quality teams in the Deep Run Spring Break tournament. So. No, going into it, we know there's not going to be any easy games. And moving forward in this 
particular tournament, there's a good chance that we're going to see outstanding pitching the rest of the way. Um, and that's just going to prepare us for the future and for the rest of the season. So we're looking forward to it. So extra innings against your arch rival on Thursday night, and then it's <laughs> you pick up two runs in the top of the eighth. Atlee gets one back, and Tucker Bratton slams one into right field. And the tying run is going to try to come home and tell me what Noah Smith did. <laughs> yeah, they Atlee battled back. We got up two, and they – you know, came out, put first and third with a run already in. So they're up, it's first and third. We're up 5-4. and At their place. At their place. It's at Atley. Um, we got a freshman on the mound, C.J. C. DiNapoli, who did an excellent job in a big situation. Um, but he, he got a fly ball to right field. It wasn't shallow right field. You know, people were probably expecting, well, he's probably shallow right field. But it was, it was a well-hit ball. And Noah Smith, a senior who has worked really hard since the fall, um, came up throwing, and he threw an absolute bullet to the plate. And Zach Lass put a tag down, and we were able to get the third out at home, and our, our kids went absolutely crazy. Mm, I, well, uh, first of all, you do it against your arch rivals. Mm-hmm. I don't care when it is in the mm-hmm. season. That's always that's always a big win, especially exactly. if you're going to do it at their place. Uh, that just had to be a thrill for Noah and the defense. After you'd been into a battle throughout the game, you get the lead, and now here they come, and you're thinking, oh, no, the momentum's going to slide to them. They're going to get a walk-off. It's going to be done, and mm-hmm. Noah says no. <laughs> exactly. It was a great game. Um, all eight innings were a battle. I mean, it was kind of back and forth. We ended up tying it and then going ahead, and then, of course, they come back. They're always scrappy, um, but – when Noah threw the guy at the plate, I mean, it was it was a great play, and it really it really showed all the hard work he had put in since the fall, and I couldn't be more happier for him. Let's talk a little bit about that pitching staff because I've seen a lot of growth in it very early on. You just mentioned CJ and the key um, inning that he had there in extra innings to help you guys preserve that victory. Uh, well, I knew about a couple of your guys going into the season. You had some question marks behind that. How many of those question marks have been solved at this point? Um, a few of them. I'd say we're still, you know, seven games into the season, so we're, we're still learning about some kids, but, you know, Jake Stanley, a senior, who's been in our varsity program for three years. Jalen Stratman, who's a sophomore, who but threw a lot of innings as a freshman. But after that, you know, we were really untested at the varsity level. Um, Connor Sikowski, um, the younger brother of Justin Sarkowski, who's at VCU right now, right. Um, has stepped up. He, he's thrown well. And then we've thrown in freshmen like C.J. DiNapoli. Dallas Harefield have thrown well on the mound. Um, Cam Parent is a junior who didn't get much time as a – or a senior. At, he didn't get much time as a junior. He's, he's kind of stepped in and thrown some big innings for us. So a lot of guys are getting big-time innings early in the season, which is just going to help us later on. No doubt about it. And you just watching CJ working Thursday night through all of that, it's got to be just gratifying to be able to see him grit that out, grind that out to create a situation to where he trusted the defense behind them and they got the job done. Exactly. It was a big spot. That was the biggest spot, obviously, he's been in this year. And then as a freshman, it's the biggest spot on varsity um, that he's ever had. Right. He actually had the go-ahead RBI sack fly in the top of the eight. So he was kind of in the thick of things the whole time. But for him to come in um, and show that grit and throw strikes and really bear down in a huge situation, a pressure situation, it was great to see. All right, Coach, a little bit off the subject. Uh, you, you and I were talking off mic right before we went on the air this evening. You're UVA 
fan. I am. So I you've got to be thrilled about the, the Cavs heading up to Minneapolis this weekend. I am pumped. I'm excited. I'm I'm glad they finally pushed through, and it, it should be a great game on Saturday. And now you're young, so you don't remember 81 and 84, do you? No, I was not alive. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. It doesn't hurt me. It's okay. okay. It's okay. all right. I just consider myself kind of a sage historian, <laughs> and don't worry about the age factor. Um, what do you think, just from a fan's perspective, what do you think made the difference this year when yeah, I, I, even forget last year and what happened with UMBC that was kind of an anomaly and kudos to them for putting that behind them and being able to come back and, and go to Minneapolis but I think back more of the Elite Eight appearance a few years ago when they had Syracuse mm-hmm. and they lost that game they couldn't figure out the, a zone that they had figured out earlier in the regular season what was it about this year's team they were finally able to get over a hump especially with the way Carson Edwards played for Purdue Oh, a lot of it's matchups, I think, too. Um, in the previous years, they'd, they'd run up against a Michigan State twice um, in two of the years that they were in the in the tournament, and they, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. And when they had Syracuse, they were they were up in the second half, double digits, and yeah. kind of let it slip away. Um, this year, I think they learned a lot from last year. You know, they had that same core of guys back, and I think they have something to prove. And I think they had some decent matchups le- leading up to um, Carson Edwards and Purdue. But just the grit that these guys showed um, coming back from losing to a 16 seed, being the first ever one number all number one overall seed to lose to a 16 seed. For right. those guys to come all the way back and go to a Final Four, it really shows you the character that those guys have and Tony Bennett, how he, he runs that program. It's, it's unbelievable. And as a coach, I'm sure you appreciate that very much, probably more so than maybe some. Some of us who are just casual fans or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. He handled the whole situation last year, coming into this year with nothing but class. He owned it. Um, he did a great job. He didn't let his guys make excuses. Um, and I think that that team really built on last year's experience, and they kind of had some, something to prove. And they've done a great job. Hopefully they're not done, but they've made a good run so far. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Saturday they've got Auburn. Is that Auburn. correct? Yeah. And then Texas Tech-Michigan State is the nightcap. You think they're going to end up against Sparty again? You know, I, I was thinking about it, and I was talking with some friends. You know, Michigan State is always there. Not, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. They're always there. It, it seems like UVA has to get past Michigan State every year. Um, but when they have Auburn first, and Auburn is hot. They shoot it well from the three. So it should be a good matchup on Saturday. And if we're if they're lucky enough to get past Auburn, um, Texas Tech is very good too defensively, um, and they have the you know Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, so it should be a good matchup between Texas Tech and Mich- and Michigan State. Um, if it's Virginia, Michigan State, or Virginia and Texas Tech, it doesn't matter. Either way, be either way, be great. Yeah. I- I'm just happy about the fact that we finally have some new blood in the Final Four. Michigan State, really the only team with major experience there. UVA hasn't been in 35 years. Auburn's never been. Texas Tech's never been. I think that's great for college basketball in a, in an era right now where we are looking at you know the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the one and Duns and they're getting ready to make some changes on that. And I'm all for that. Um, it- it's just good to. See- See new blood that's going to be, you know, showcased on the game's biggest stage. No, it's awesome. I think it's great. You know, usually you're saying, like you said, Kansas, North Carolina, um, Kentucky. Auburn beat all of those teams. Um, so I like to thank Auburn for not getting rid of the Blue Bloods. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's great to have four different four different teams in the Final Four. Um, I think it's exciting. It kind of shows you the parity of college basketball that everybody is, you know, catching up with those blue bloods like Kentucky and Duke and Kansas, but um, it should be a a fun final four. 
Um, we're looking forward to it. It should be fantastic. I, now, we also started baseball over the weekend. Major leagues are underway. And I know I asked you this question last time, and I can't remember the answer. You are a fan of the Cubs. Chicago, Chicago Cubs. That's right, the Chicago Cubs. How are they doing so far? Have you had a chance to they're get, one keep and, an eye on them? They're one and two. Um, they started off in interleague play, which I don't understand. They started off in Texas against the Rangers. Um, so, you know, Offense was hot. Bullpen looks to be is going to be a struggle this year, um, but maybe they can pick up some people halfway through. But um, offense will always be there for the Cubs. We'll just see if their pitching can come through. Stay in contention and be a buyer rather than a seller late July. Exactly, and it's going to be tough in the Central with the Brewers and Cardinals. You know, those those teams are stacked, so yeah, they can just stick around. And they had they had a chance already to battle each other here in the opening weekend. Exactly, with Goldschmidt going to the Cardinals and Yelich and for the Brewers who, you know, had three or four home runs already in the first weekend. You know, those teams are tough. So hopefully the Cubs can hang around and, and make some moves, and we'll see what happens. Now, how much do the kids, your team, how much do they pay attention to Major League Baseball in this age where there are 50,000 other things they could be doing from Fortnite to Twitter to whatever? Uh, do, you, do you hear any chatter in the dugout? No. There's a, there's, <laughs> there's, there's very little chatter um, of Major League Baseball, you know, and I think you're right because – there's so much going on, and also baseball being 162 games. You know, once the fall comes around, when we have our fall season or fall workouts, they'll talk about it just because the World Series and playoffs are coming. Right. But very little chatter right now. Um, you hear a little bit maybe about the Braves and Nationals, but not much talk. You know, right now it's, there's more talk about NCAA basketball <laughs> than MLB and Major Leagues, which I understand. Well, I was the same way. Well, maybe they'll they'll come back. Once we get through the Final Four next Monday night, then maybe they'll kind of start turning their attention, a little trash talk with each other. You're a Nats fan. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we got Harper now. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think – It'll train that way, but right now they're, they're they're all basketball. Awesome. Well, coach, you've got uh, St. Chris tomorrow. It should be first pitch, hopefully around four. We're we're not going to worry about the weather. That there's nothing we can control. We're going to get it in one way or the other. And the great thing about Deep Runs facility is is that we can battle some of the elements and still get action in. So that's that's a good thing. So stay with us on Twitter at Hanover Sports for updates in case the weather affects the schedule. Scheduled to have the championship game seven o'clock on Wednesday night. And another great thing about this tournament, I know for you as a coach, you're guaranteed three games in three days, and you can have your guys together in that period, and then you can let them go for a couple of days and let them have a little spring break before you get back into action yeah exactly I don't, that's another reason why we're in the, it's monday tuesday wednesday and if it rains it gets pushed back one day to thursday and then they still have the rest of the weekend to kind of have a spring break um some tournaments and some teams are traveling um at the end of spring break and the last weekend of spring break which that means they get hardly any breaks they're probably practicing at the beginning of the week so that's another reason this this term is awesome um josh over at Deep Run does a great job. The facilities, the field looks great. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think any little rain, we won't have a problem getting games in. So we're excited. We'll have a challenge tomorrow against St. Chris, and we'll see what happens after that. And the concession stand, everything's a dollar. I know. Everything. Are hot, you kidding hot dog, me? Gatorades. Candy, whatever you want, a dollar. That's insane. Exactly. I know. It, it, it's all. It's a great tournament. It really is. Credit to Michael Kidd, Josh Aldridge, as you mentioned, the head baseball coach over there at Deep Run, which, speaking of which, I hope to see you over there tomorrow afternoon. Exactly. Looking forward.
forward to it. Sounds great. Tyler Johnson, head coach at Lee Davis Baseball. Thanks for being with us tonight in the Red Zone. Thanks for having me. We will come back. We have more to talk about. Lots of things happening later on in the week. Also tell you about the other teams in Hanover County, what's up with them over spring break. And we need to talk a little softball because we had our first rivalry night on Thursday night at high school softball, and 13 was the lucky number for three of our county softball pitchers. One, a hard luck situation. Two, in victorious situations. All that's still to come. And on the ball, presented by Virginia Real Estate and Development. Coming up next after this timeout, live from Sports Page Grill Ashland, you are in the red zone. In the red zone. We'll take a short time out. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to the Mater. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 877-801-0746. 877-801-0746. That's 877-801-0746. No April Fools here. Welcome back in in the Red Zone live at Sports Page Grill Ashland on a gorgeous Monday evening. Hard to believe more rain's coming within the next 18 hours or so. But again, the Deep Run, um, uh, if you've never been to Deep Run High School to their baseball field, they were able to make some great uh, additions to it here in the last couple of years they don't have to worry about the infield anymore behind the uh, uh, home plate area so you know the outfield is really what they need to deal with and of course they hosted the class six and five state championship games last year they'll host them again uh, in June so if we don't have a whole lot of rain tomorrow we should be able to stay relatively on time I suspect that if for some reason we do get some rain then would delay some things what would probably happen is that they move some games to Wednesday and then they may have to move maybe the championship round uh, back to Thursday. But that's all speculation. Stay with us on Twitter at Hanover Sports. That's at Hanover Sports on Twitter for anything having to do with any schedule changes for Lee Davis. And we have complete coverage of the Deep Run Spring Break Classic on Twitter at our home base. That's the RBA Sportsnet at the RBA Sportsnet. Well, we talked to head coach Tyler Johnson of Lee Davis. The other three Hanover County schools are certainly in action over spring break. You've got 
Lee Davis over a deep run. Hanover's playing three this week. Uh, they begin. In fact, they are in action now. Was looking to see if we could find a score and have not yet on their game at Kempsville down at the coast. Uh, Coach Kane talking with them last week. The team's going to stay down there tonight, have a little team building time, hopefully get them all in and bed check time and all that good stuff. And then they go to Princess Anne at Virginia Beach and they'll play them. Also a four o'clock first pitch tomorrow, weather permitting uh, down there. And then they're going to have a home game at the end of the week. It's a six o'clock first pitch. This is on Friday against Fredericksburg Christian. That will be a good test for this young Hanover team that has done a very good job developing their pitching staff so far in the young season as well. That's been one of the keys to Lee Davis's success. It's been one of the keys to Hanover's success. They use four pitchers back on Thursday night in their win at Patrick Henry. And I know you look at the final score and go, oh, 11 nothing, a typical Hanover win. No, we were at that game and Hanover they took an early two nothing lead but they didn't break it open until the seventh inning and Patrick Henry's dealing with some injury issues early this year and they're having to put a lot of young arms onto the mound and they held on as best they could for as long as they could but Hanover finally scored six in the seventh to make the game seem like a blowout but it really was not the Patriots had their opportunities to stay in it and cut that lead before uh, the big seventh inning for the Hawks so Hanover got that win so again they're playing Kempsville now they're at Princess Anne tomorrow they come home and then on Friday evening they are home to Fredericksburg Christian and again, first pitch scheduled for six. And I know that we also have some rain in the forecast, possibly on Friday, that we may have to deal with as well. We mentioned Patrick Henry. They have one game this week. And that's going to be a home affair also on Friday. Louisa is coming in. That has become a very interesting Region 4B rivalry over the last two, three, four years. Those two teams have played some really good baseball games over the last few years. And they'll renew that new rivalry coming up at 4.30 Friday afternoon. That game is at Patrick Henry. Atley is hosting three, and one is on Thursday. They'll have North Stafford in Thursday evening for a 6 p.m. first pitch. And then on Friday, they're hosting Woodside at 11 o'clock in the morning, and then they're scheduled to take on Grafton at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. One of those situations, and you're going to see more of this in the future, should the Virginia High School League expand baseball and softball regular seasons to more than 20 games. They're talking about doing at least 22 in the near future and what you're going to see happen i think is two things number one you're going to see softball expand and begin to play over spring break and we'll talk more about rivalry night softball here in hanover county in just a moment what happened this past thursday another crazy softball night but the other thing you're going to see is you're going to see more saturday kind of um classic situations such as this one Friday at Atlee where three teams come in and they do a round robin. There's no, you know, tournament, there's no championship, but each team gets two games and you're going to see a few of those happen, I think, on Saturdays during the spring to make sure that the teams can get 22 games in because the biggest uh, con to the idea of expanding the regular season from 20 to 22, maybe even more games is because of the weather, we've had issues in the past getting 20 games in, in before the regular season comes to an end. There comes a point middle of May where you have to end because the regional tournaments have to get going. So sometimes it's been hard to get 20 games actually scheduled and actually played. Now if you go to 22 or 24, it's going to make it that much more difficult, which is why I think one of the solutions is these three-team, one-day classic formats to where each team can get two games in in a day, and it'll help them get closer to fulfilling if it is 22 
or more when we get to the regular season of 2020 uh, and beyond. So it's Woodside and Atlee at 11 a.m. Friday, Grafton and Atlee at 5 p.m. on Friday. And again, they'll start their week hosting North Stafford. Thursday night looks beautiful for baseball. That is a 6 p.m. first pitch for the Raiders. Now let's switch gears and talk some softball. What a night on Thursday, and we knew it was going to happen. We have talked, of course, with all four of the county softball coaches here live on In the Red Zone. Had uh, Jackie Davis and Lee Davis with us just a few weeks ago. We've had uh, the new coach at Hanover, who, of course, is also their longtime now girls basketball coach, Mike Rohr, has been here. Uh, Lance Lesturgeon at Patrick Henry, Tom McIntyre at Atley. Coach McIntyre was not at the Lee Davis Atley game on Thursday night, not able to coach due to a one-game suspension uh, due to a situation. He didn't go crazy and get thrown out of a game or anything like that. It wasn't behavioral. It was another issue, and so he served He served the suspension, and Coach Kuster uh, Coach handled the team on uh, Thursday night at home against Lee Davis. Coach Mack will be back on uh, Tuesday, I believe, when Atley gets back into play. But another typical Lee Davis-Atley affair, and the way they have played each other here in this decade, especially in the last three or four years, it's always pitcher's duel. Uh, there have been years earlier in the decade where, you know, you see a Jessica Holty versus a Lauren McIntyre, and you might have a 3-2 or a 4-3 game. And defense, maybe a couple of errors force the issue. But here in the last few years, a Lee Davis-Atley game, if you get more than three runs combined, you've seen a bevy of offense. Uh, 2-1, normal final scores for those two teams, and it happened again on Thursday night as they go scoreless through all seven regulation innings. They'll go to the eighth. Lauren Taylor gets a single, and then probably the best softball player in Hanover County so far this year that you've not heard of, Kylie Lamberth, third baseman Lee Davis, comes up big with the RBI single to score Taylor a couple of outs later. Lee Davis takes a 1-0 lead. Savannah Henley gets two strikeouts and a put out, and they hold on to the eighth. Henley throws a no-hitter. The lefty strikes out 13 to match Kara Hammock's 13 strikeout performance for Atley, and Lee Davis comes up with a huge one nothing win on the road against their arch rival. So number in our latest top 10 poll uh, from the RVA Sports Network, uh, number three beats number four at number four. Then on the other side of the county, we had number six and number seven colliding, both undefeated at the time. Hanover coming over to Patrick Henry to take on the Patriots, try to slow down the Early hot hitting of Autumn Sleemaker and Aaron White for Patrick Henry. Ellen Paglia did the job and then some. She comes in. The senior strikes out 13 Patriots. A couple of great defensive plays on both sides of the field um, on Thursday night. But the long ball was the difference for Hanover. As Jenna Curry, the new catcher, gets a solo home run in the second for a one-nothing lead, Jessica Russell, a few minutes, a few innings later, gets an RBI single to make it two-nothing, and then top of the seventh inning, Julia Mardigan gets into one over the left field fence, huge insurance runs to make it four-to-nothing. Paglia finishes off the job with the shutout and the 13-strikeout performance, and so Hanover is now the last unbeaten team in softball here in Hanover County. A lot of people would not have thought. That 
that Hanover would be that team. And I had a chance to talk to Coach Rohr after the game, and you'll hear more of his conversation uh, in the article coming up in the Mechanicsville Local on Wednesday, talking about uh, how maybe Hanover has been overlooked in recent years because of the three-year run of Atlee, because Patrick Henry's been to the States on a couple of different occasions this decade, came up just short in the championship game back in 2012. And, of course, Lee Davis has been to the state tournament now three consecutive years, running into Atlee's two of them and running into eventual champ Prince George last year in the semifinals. You know, is Hanover kind of the overlooked team and do they kind of use it as a chip on their shoulder? And he's like, well, no, but if you think about Ellen Paglia, the pitcher, the answer is maybe yes, because there's a lot of talk about Savannah Henley and rightfully so. There's been a lot of talk about Rachel Davis over at Atley, a lot of talk at Patrick Henry about uh, the sophomore Riley Dahl and rightfully so. And Ellen comes in and just has a great, great game on the road. And Hanover wins at 4-0, putting them in a situation to where they have a game in hand on the Patriots in Region 4B. We mentioned they're the only undefeated team left in the county, and they're near or at the top of Region 4B now at the spring break point. They continue to put together some wins here. And this year, the Southern teams get the one and three seeds in the Region 4B tournament. The, the Northern teams get the two and four seeds. No matter what their power rating is, Hanover's trying to get that number one seed because in Region 4B, there is no neutral site for their semifinals or championship. Uh, in Region 4B, it is higher seed hosts all the way to the finals. And there's nothing the Coach Roar and the Hawks would rather do than have to have a Midlothian or a Patrick Henry or someone what else have to come to them when it comes to late May with a regional championship on the line. So between those three, and I forget how many strikeouts Riley Dahl had for Patrick Henry. You put them all together, there were over 40 strikeouts in the two games. Uh, pitching already at a premium and, and a great win for Hanover on the road and a great win for Lee Davis on the road. And those two matchups will occur again late in the month of April. Next rivalry night is a week from Friday the 12th. We mentioned softball on spring break. So is soccer. So is lacrosse. So is track and field. So is tennis. They all get back into action on Monday. Next Friday night, the 12th, Atlee goes to Hanover, and Lee Davis goes to Patrick Henry. So you've got Lee Davis making the cross-county trip here to Ashland. You get Atlee making the short trip to Hanover, and that's for baseball, that's for softball, and it's also for boys and girls soccer. All, all of them playing together next Friday night, the 12th. So the latest round in rivalry night will be a lot of fun. It'll be the oldest rivals meeting against each other and the two newest schools meeting against each other. And they've had arguably, in many sports, the hottest rivalry in the area in the last decade. But in softball, it's been all about Atlee Lee Davis. Now Hanover wants to come in and join the party. We will look ahead to the rest of the week at Randolph-Macon. We're going to give away sporting equipment in a moment on On the Ball, presented by Virginia Real Estate and Development. That's coming up after our final timeout. Take our final break here live at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Back in a moment on 1029 The Mater and on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial. You are in the Red Zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Staudenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. 
Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood & West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood & West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood & West, a premier Heil dealer. non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. And we have a final in from Virginia Beach. Hanover wins easily over Kempsville this afternoon. 15-1 to 1 is the final score there. So the Hawks get a win. They'll spend the night down at the beach and get set to take on Princess Anne tomorrow afternoon at 4 p.m. So again, final 15 to 1. Hanover, uh, another great offensive output, and they get the win over Kempsville. Coming up in a moment, before we say goodnight on the ball, presented by Virginia Real Estate and Development, located right here in the center of the universe in downtown Ashland. Our thanks to Gil Miles and everybody over at Virginia Real Estate and Development for sponsoring on the ball. Got a couple of other baseball notes wanted to give you guys uh, just outside of Hanover County. Big matchup tomorrow between two top 10 teams. Defending state champion Prince George is hosting Mills Godwin. That's a 2 o'clock start tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully they'll get that game in. Hopefully the weather won't uh, affect it. But that's a huge game in terms of Region 5B playoff implications. A lot of time it's in spring break. You're playing teams from out of town or teams that maybe you wouldn't normally have on your schedule, uh, such as you know private school teams. Lee Davis has St. Christopher's in the semis, a deep run tomorrow. Here, this is just a mano-on-mano, good old-fashioned Region 5B showdown with two teams that are hoping to go deep into Class 5 this year. Prince George defending state champions in Class 5 and Mills Godwin wanting to have a state championship. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup coming up tomorrow afternoon. And again, that is also weather permitting. The Deep Run Spring Break Classic, as we mentioned, continues tomorrow, finishes hopefully weather permitting on Wednesday championship on Wednesday night. Wanted to mention Randolph making schedule for the rest of the week. Several big matches coming up. We've mentioned a few. We talked about men's lacrosse with their neutral site game tomorrow at 1 o'clock against Frostburg State out of Maryland. The match has been moved from Warrington to Winchester. 
It is now going to be at Shenandoah University tomorrow at 1. Yellow Jackets at 8-2. and two. Got a great winning streak going right now. That's their final non-conference affair of the season. And then they get set to play three on the road beginning at Hamden-Sydney on Saturday. Randolph-Macon baseball. They're at Lynchburg at ODAC midweek affair. 3 o'clock first pitch on Wednesday. We mentioned softball has number one Christopher Newport coming in for a doubleheader Wednesday at 2.30. Women's lacrosse, the big one for them in the ODAC. Power Washington and Lee is their next opponent. It's in Lexington, and that is on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. On Thursday, men's volleyball wrapping up their first ever regular season. And they're at Wittenberg Thursday night at 7, and then North Carolina Wesleyan comes to uh, the Hue for baseball at 3.30 on Thursday. That is at home for Coach Hedrick. And the Yellow Jackets, who then Saturday get on the road to Harrisonburg for a doubleheader at Eastern Mennonite. We mentioned men's lacrosse at Hamden-Sydney on Saturday at 1. Women's lacrosse non-conference affair at Meredith down south Saturday at 1. Softball with a doubleheader at Shenandoah, 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. And that's everything going on on Saturday. And then quickly on Sunday, men's go. Off there at the Camp Lejeune Marine Corps Invitational this weekend. It'll wrap on Sunday. Women's golf at the Spartan Invitational in York, Pennsylvania. That will wrap on Sunday. And Hamden Sydney comes up for men's tennis against Randolph Macon Sunday. And that will be at 1 p.m. So there's a ton of stuff going on, fans, as we get now headlong into the month of April beginning today. Before this month is through, you think about everything that will go on. We will crown a national champion Monday night in basketball for men in Division One. The women will crown their national champion on Sunday night. And, of course, we're all eyes are looking at the University of Connecticut to see if they can win for the first time in three years. And, of course, they feature Megan Walker, the great standout, now a sophomore from Monacan High School in Chesterfield. Megan's not tasted a, st- a, a national championship yet with Gino and the uh, Connecticut Huskies. We'll see if they will be able to do that. The Masters, a week from now plus. Uh, they'll have first first tee, what, next Thursday morning. They'll crown a champion on the 14th. You'll have Easter weekend coming up after that. And then the next thing you know, we're going to be in ODAC tournaments for Randolph-Macon. Lacrosse will come up. Tennis will come up. And then eventually softball, the end of April. And then two weeks it takes now in the new baseball format. The first two weeks of May, they'll crown a champion on Mother's Day. Lots going on, and this is the place to be every Monday night to keep posted on live local sports. My thanks to Tyler Johnson. Had an early morning getting his guys out over there, a deep run, get the first win over Caroline for coming by and talking about the tournament. We'll have more guests next week, more chances for you to win next week. Big thanks to our friends at Matthew C. Wood and West, to We Think and Inc., and, of course, to Squirrel and Willie and everybody here at Sports Page Grill. We love coming in every Monday night and talking sports, and we always appreciate their hospitality. For Calvin Cecil back at the studio, Rob with them saying thank you so much for being with us. Have a good night. Thanks for joining us in the Red Zone. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.
You're listening to WHAN AM 1430 and W275BQ Ashland. And on your radio, it's 1029 The Mater.